Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. The Left Wing Podcast is in association with Aldi, official supermarket of the IRFU. For the chance to win €50,000 for your primary school, visit www.aldi.ie forward slash play rugby. They were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast in association with Aldi. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio as always by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, hello, how are you? I'm good, yeah, good to have you here with us. We have a great guest coming in tonight, Luke McGrath, Leinster and Ireland Scrum Half. You've you pulled one out of the bag? I have indeed, a little gem or a little ferret as the lads call them. <laughs> um, yeah, great guy, really looking forward to, uh, to, to having him on. It's obviously a Bad timing again with uh, with the injury. Um, he was in great form as well himself and, and Jameson Gibson Park have been a real strength of that Leinster team so far this season and over the last couple of seasons. So I'm sure they'll be hoping to have him back for for that big quarter final against Ulster. Um, if reports are to believed to be believed, I think he's in, in good shape. So hopefully he'll come back a little bit quicker than that. So. Good to have him in studio. Uh, I think Ireland could do with him as well. Um, I've been pushing for him hard for that spot in behind Conor Murray. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, good well, to have him on. My, my abiding memory of Luke McGrath is actually a friend of mine was playing against him. I think he would have been a couple of years older and he was a front row as well. So, to my surprise, I was surprised when Luke McGrath dumb tackled him on the ground. and We never let him live down being dumb tackled by a scrum half. Now, to be fair, he went on to play professional rugby. So, it's slightly different to being dumb tackled by your average scrum half. Uh, yes, it is. The, the and I know my friend is listening as well. So yeah, he's the guy be has very little regard for for his own safety, but it's why you like playing with guys like that. He, he's he's of the the Fergus McFadden, the Brian O'Driscoll kind of world, the East and the Sea world, where you put your body on the line, you know. And that's what you you like playing with guys like that. So, um, you know, while he's not the biggest guy in stature, he's got one of the biggest hearts out there. So, um, yeah, the you know. Guys love playing with those guys. Like Ferg McFadden's a guy who I just he doesn't get enough credit for those things. You love playing with guys who put the body on the line. It makes gives everyone a lift around you, you know. And just before we bring in Luke quickly on the game of the weekend, Ireland got their Six Nations off. And they didn't listen to my selections, Will. <laughs> yeah, look, it was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? Um, I thought they were. Uh, I thought it was scrappy. I thought Scotland were good, made it difficult for Ireland, but Ireland struggled again to get any kind of momentum in the tight parts of the game. Um, you know, just struggling a little bit for for that. They, they haven't really clicked um, in attack as of yet. Hoping to see that now, the later they go on through the championship. But you probably expect that, though, Will, in the early parts. Um, they got a little bit lucky that Seymour pass, um, you know, or Con- like for Conor Murray's yeah. try. Like, the game probably should have been a lot closer than it was. But uh, I think Ireland were slightly better. Uh, probably deserved the win. 
it's a move on kind of scenario. Murrayfield's always been a difficult place for us to go and get the win. So they'd be delighted to get the win, move on. They they righted a few wrongs, um, and there's still loads of room for improvement. So um, decent enough. For a nice try from Jacob Stockdale. So good segue yeah. into what I really want to talk <laughs> to you about. really want to talk to me about. Yeah, well, uh, look, there was a lot of gobshites kind of giving me grief about that. Like the, the context, context. Like there was some group of people put up You're something. You're calling an Ireland rugby international a gobshite? No, I'm to- calling other people. Go- oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, not <laughs> Stu. Funny enough, Stu has got, because myself and Stu got into it and I was like, look, I'm not going to do it. If you want to listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast. Like you've got to do your own research. Um, <laughs> We actually were talking offline afterwards. Always get on well with you. He's going to come on the show. Oh, really? So, yeah, no, honestly, he's a really good guy. I completely <laughs> get where he's going from. Because he saw you've, you've been praising him the whole time. And I, I took, a, took a screenshot of you a little back and forth, sent it on to a few mates of mine. They were like, but he's always praised. They're always it's like a love-in usually with, with Stuart McCluskey's name. Yeah, but I, no, I think really highly of him as a player as well. Kind of one of those guys who got a little bit unlucky with injuries, really, to be honest with you. But, well, it's good because um, I was worried we might never get another no, guest no, on again. Yeah, come on. No, he, no, seriously, he's a really good guy. Uh, and actually, he's sticking up for a teammate. So it shows you he's a good guy. But... The thing was, it was a headline. Like the context of it was, was I was defending Robbie Henshaw, and I was saying, well, actually, if I was going to drop anyone from the back three and bring Rob Carney in, I would have dropped uh, Jacob Stockton. I wasn't calling for him. Like Rob Carney hasn't played the wing in about ten years. Well, that's why you were like you were calling. But for we, Rob, we had to. We finished wing. on it. We ran out of time, and you and we finished at that point. But like, I did, so I didn't get to like to really clarify it. But that obviously wasn't. I was just saying, of the back three, those guys played way worse. I wouldn't be dropping Robbie Henshaw. It's probably more a reflection of how highly I think of Robbie Henshaw as well. And I also thought he came in for a lot of unwarranted flack the week before. So that was what that was. For all those idiots who've been emailing me and like t- oh, Twittering me. Oh, I'm sure when Stockdale scored that, that try, which was oh, a cracking try, I'm sure. <laughs> they were asked, honestly. And Lucas some of deleted his account. <laughs> no, but I actually, the funny thing, I actually didn't watch the game until Sunday night as well. So I actually saw all these tweets coming in and I was like, well, he must be having an unbelievable game. I watched, he was grand. Oh, why watching the he game? still made a load of defensive errors. So like, <laughs> I was like, the exact things that I was saying about him are still, like, he still has lots to improve in this game. I will. Let, let me go on the record again and say, the guy's so good going forward. He's got a natural, he's a natural finisher. But he's got loads to prove defensively. Like, he's in the wrong position a lot, um, which is great because he's only going to get better. So just everyone relax. It's great that he's in the wrong position. No, it's not. It's great that he's in... He's uh, Like, I think he's a guy who's going to improve immensely because he's got lots of good coaches around him. So just everyone relax for a second. <laughs> Make sure you remember that everything has to be taken in context in these things. We're talking for an hour, so it's hard to qualify every single statement I make. But the point I was trying to make was that Robbie Henshaw came in for unwarranted flack out of any of the guys that would have dropped from the back three to bring Rob Carney in, which was the suggestion at the time, it would have been the wingers, which wasn't to say that I was actually going to drop them. So I was just saying I was protecting Robbie Henshaw. So just everyone relax and leave me alone and, on Twitter. And <laughs> have Jacob on the show as well. And Instagram. And if everything. Jacob ever wants to come on the show as well, we'll be happy No, to we will get anyone. Like, look, again, it's not supposed to be that confrontational. Sometimes I was kind of tired last week, Will, which probably came across as a bit grumpy. It does happen. I'm a human being, Will. I'm a human being. And it was a, it was a I don't want to offend this rugby blog, but I had actually never heard of this rugby website either. That had no, but listen, fair play to them. They plucked it out and it they caused did, outrage. Yeah. It caused well, absolute consternation. It was very good. And they actually, it was funny. They, when, did you see the thing they said later? They were like, we'd actually like everyone to actually listen to the podcast, which was actually yeah, good. They yeah. actually did they had, say they had that. the grace to kind of talk it up as a great discussion. Anyway, one thing I wanted to ask you, it was actually funny. I was listening to Brian Driscoll on Off the Ball yesterday today, and a listener texted me and was like, could you please ask Brian, you know, is in Rob Carney's career, he, you know, he always seems to make breaks and he doesn't really pass. Like, is that something you've noticed, Brian, when playing with him? And I was like, I'd like to put that to Luke and see what see what, see he, what I'm going to say. Um yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. Yeah, I, I think um, it's not... Look, it, with all these things, I will qualify this by saying 
I will actually qualify a, a big statement I'm going to make here this week. He's a brilliant rugby player. Like he is an excellent kicker of the ball. He has been one of the best, if not the best, in the air. I'd say Israel Falau might be better, but he's been the best in the air. Like you're, you're, you're what you get, what you see, what Rob Carney is, what you get. Like he is, like he's so brave under the high ball. Um, but in terms of the passing side, like I, I went through a whole career figuring I didn't get any passes from him. So in lots of scenarios, and I always felt like whenever he did pass me, good things happened. But it was a rare occasion. So um, I think you saw that on the weekend. He took the short line out. He, you know, looked too late for the offload on the inside. He actually should have gone back out to Stockdale as soon as he made the break. Um, but that's not what you pick. You don't pick him for that. You pick him because he's so safe at the back. He is his reading of the game. I've only seen one other guy who does it as well. Was was Gervin Dempsey actually? His reading of the game is unbelievable. So as much as like no, there's very few players who are the perfect player. Like and oftentimes people say, oh, you're just sour grapes. It's not sour grapes. It really isn't. It's just um, it's the observations on what I've seen over ten years. And I played next to the guy for ten years. Um, so there's some of the things that maybe he needs to improve or can get better at. There's loads of things he's brilliant at as well. So, like, again, I don't want to fucking cut someone in half, but that's that. that I'm going to be honest about it. It's nice to see the text Brian Driscoll as well, not to bother with your question. Uh, <laughs> was it me? Was yeah. it Luke F? No, it's no. too obvious. Alfred Stroud. Well, in fairness, I don't think I'm saying it that anyone hasn't observed who is watching the game or watching him for a long time. Well, on that note, we'll park Ireland versus Scotland. Delighted to welcome in Ireland and Leinster scrum half Luke McGrath. Luke, thanks for coming in. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, a late night podcast recording. Uh, I don't know if we're betraying any confidences. Uh, you're, you're sweating quite profusely. You've, oh, yeah. You've been... Well, yeah, we to make a break for, for it, Will. We were doing an event before. Uh, Luke does lots of these other events. He's very important. <laughs> oh, I actually... No, uh, got the wrong Luke. This is new for me. We're, I'm just a, a lowly left winger, but... Um, no, it, it's fantastic to have you here. We've been trying to hassle him for a while. Uh, he's been a busy man, um, getting back from that injury as well. So the timing is hopefully nice uh, to get him in. Will yeah, we'll get the formalities out of the way, Luke. Yeah, yeah, how are you progressing from that injury? Do you hope to be back uh, in action soon? Yeah, no, the the rehab's going very well. Um, I've actually done this knee uh, injury twice before, so I'm well aware of the rehab. Um, which can be a good a good way. So, no, I'm hoping to be back in maybe another two to three weeks. But again, I don't want to rush the the knee itself. So uh, I'm going to take my time with it. But all gone well two or three weeks, which is great. Well, that's a great prognosis, prognosis rather, because when it happened against Toulouse at the time, the reaction from yourself on the pitch, I guess it looked quite serious. And, and with this year of all years, yeah. the, did you know originally, immediately, okay, this is an MCL, or were you thinking, oh shit, like this could be, this could be World Cup curtains here? Yeah, well, because I've done my MCL, I knew it was something to do with that, but I always feared it could. You, you never, you always fear it could be the ACL. So you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. Will you're yeah. right? It is. Sometimes yeah. you're you're there and you're, yeah. you just hear a pop. And if it's an awkward, if, like I actually missed the collision, weirdly mm. enough. But did you hear a pop? It was yeah, it was more like a real quick shunt of my knee. It kind of went in and out, and at the at the beginning, I kind of thought it was something to do with my kneecap. But right. um, the physio straight away they do all these tests, and the tests didn't really show that it could have been your ACL. So they they're never a hundred percent sure, but they gave me good confidence. But it was a uh, waiting for the scan results was fairly, yeah. Uh, I'd say tough. so. It's funny. I read a good piece recently. It was from it was you wrote a good piece. No, I read one. <laughs> I don't, don't write many good ones myself. Uh, it was it was Gordon Darcy talking about how uh, in a World Cup year in particular, like. It really does play in your mind. Any little injury you get, you're kind of. It does play in your mind that you could miss out on something hugely significant. Like, is that is that kind of playing in your mind at all when you are going out in the pitch or when you, if you do feel a twinge or anything that like it's just so so important that of all years that this you need good health in this year. Yeah, well, like obviously going off in that game, I was more thinking you know the Six Nations around the corner that kind of thing. But then you know when you get the results and you know it's not an ACL, so it's you know a medial ligament, so kind of eight to twelve weeks. Um, so I did a decent enough job on it, but. 
Um, no, you kind of think of just, oh, look, it's unfortunate the Six Nations at the time. And I did a similar, I did this injury last year just after France, actually, <laughs> um, which which is very, very frustrating to take. But uh, no, I think you just move on and you're kind of, you, you know, I've set out my goal to be back for this certain game. So, you know, I'm on track for that. So hopefully that's my kind of short-term goal. I'm just trying to stick to that and not think of the bigger picture. Luke, same name. You're going down a similar path. Do you need to stop this now? You need <laughs> yeah. to stop this. That's where the similarities have to end. No more injuries. It's... Yeah. Uh, Look, delighted to have you in. Uh, such a good bloke. I mean, look, uh, lots of the guys here won't know, but you're a real leader in the setup. You know, uh, I mean, how's that been for you as a young player? I mean, to be captain, I suppose. I, I would have played with you when you were captain as a, yeah. as a very young guy in the squad. Uh, we're kind of going off a little bit on the tangent, but I'm kind of sick of talking about injuries as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about being a leader in the setup at this stage and, and at a young age when, say, like some of the older farts like myself are still there. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I was a captain in school and things like that. So I think I naturally had maybe, I didn't really know it at the time, but maybe a couple of leadership qualities. But it's something that I've definitely tried to develop over the over the, the last kind of number of years. And obviously being captain, getting the opportunity to captain Lens a few times, having supported them when I was young, it was, you know, almost a dream, a dream come true. So it's something that I'm still trying to develop, but I... One person I've I always uh, looked up to was Issa, and having Issa there last year, he's an unbelievable captain. He just leads by example. He doesn't do too much talking, but everything he says is just on the point, on the money. So he kind of leads by actions, and that's someone I've kind of looked up to and try and um, emulate my game, my leadership game, like similar to him. That's and and like, did you? I always wondered this about some of the captains. Did you ever ask like the likes of Leo Cullen, or I'm presuming you probably? It sounds like you probably had a few conversations with Issa about yeah how best to because I mean lots of lots of people talk about those things as being like everyday things. So how you yeah. train? Like I think you always you always had that. All oh, your leader has to have those things, yeah. but. In terms of some of the other stuff, like speaking to the guys, do you ask like Issa questions or did you ask Leo questions? Yeah, it's, it's more of a, a kind of understanding of the game. So I know my first, um, I remember I captained Leinster for the first time away in Dragons and we had a, a situation where should we go to the corner or take the three points and that was kind of on me. And then we went to the corner, you know, end up getting turned over and we lost the game by, you know, two, I think two or three points. So that would make, you know, those kind of decisions you just learn from. But... Um, Taking the, are you taking the points next time? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Th things like that are just, um, you know, you're you're heavily involved. But as a scr I was going to say, as a scrum half, you're, I think generally, you know, you have to be a good talker. You have to scream to your forwards in front of you. You're the link between the, the pack and the back line. So I think as a scrum half, I think you have natural leadership abilities. So it's just something I've always tried to, you know, the words are, it's important to speak when you have to. But I think leading by example and then the, the rest of the lads will follow. And that's one where Issa was unbelievable at uh, the things you'd see him do in games and just get in behind them. It's interesting how the scrum half role has developed. There's so much emphasis on it now, not only in Ireland, but in world rugby with how much box kicking has become so prevalent. Like, how have you found the role developed since you even started? I think you made your debut in 2012. So you've been on the go for a good few years yeah. now. How have you found the role develop over the last couple of years? Yeah, I, it's it definitely has developed. And someone someone who was brilliant for me, it was Jamson Gibson Park coming in and he showed me a kind of new way of, you know, this kind of support lines and... Uh, you know, he he is a very kind of the All Blacks do it's so all the All Blacks nine would throw a pass and kind of move forward. And I thought you were always good at that. Yeah, I, I was. He's brought you to a new he, level. He definitely has, and it's just seeing these players. Obviously, Bossy and Reds there were incredible mm -hmm. uh, from from my learning. Um, you know, I asked a lot uh, of them, and they were unbelievably good with me, just learning. You know, 
general skills, kicking and passing and uh, things like that. But, you know, to bring on the game, it's it's a lot more running type game now. Um, well, I like to think, especially in Leinster, it is at the moment with Stuart. So he loves us to play fast. And I've definitely learned that off Jamo. Just the way this the All Blacks kind of play is just, you know, you pass and move forward and hope to get second touches. And that was the idea. So I've kind of brought on my game a little bit from uh, learning from him. And uh, so it's been great to have him in the... So is it a good dynamic well. between you two guys? Yeah, no, it is. We get on very well. And he seems a good, good guy. Like, ah, he's he obviously, he's very well, that, uh, Will, you, you might notice, but he's actually very well, like the lads, straight away he settled in very well. Yeah, so it's did. good to hear you guys have a good relation. But it was funny, like lots of those partnerships or lots of those people where you're competing with for long periods of time, you actually have a good relationship with it. So it's good to hear that. So yeah. that's good. You feel like he's brought your game on. Yeah, I do. I do. He's just, he's just, um, he's a very different player to say like Owen Redden and Isaac Boss and these kind of things. So I think you need to, you know, ask ask questions of different people. And he's someone I've talked about my game a bit and he's uh, he's definitely helped develop me and he's he's an absolute gent on and off the pitch. So, yeah, no, we have a great le- relationship. But Does he yeah, ask you awesome. questions about your game? Uh, I don't, probably not as much as I ask him, but uh, yeah, we, we would be we open yeah. to each other uh, t- talking about it, yeah. And you mentioned the All Blacks scrum halves there. Do you watch other scrum halves from other countries? I'm sure you keep an eye on how the Irish guys are doing, you know, your rivals for maybe a, a squad spot, but do you keep an eye on other scrum halves in other leagues and to see what they're doing? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stuart's massive on watching, you know, other games and in a more analytical way as well, just kind of trying to keep on what, what other teams are doing well, how defences are setting up, uh, what teams are doing certain patterns against the defence. So um, I think Aaron Smith is, is unbelievable. Oh, he's someone to him as yeah. well. He's so good, yeah. isn't he? It's just he's so. It's the speed of his pass yeah. is the most impressive thing, and you can see every number ten that plays with him has so much time in the ball. And ultimately, that's what you're probably judged on is your pass indefinitely, and his pass is just it's second to none almost how quick it is. And what was that All Blacks experience like in November? Then being in the squad, going up against these guys, like you know, must yeah. be huge for you. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was very nerve-wracking being on the bench. Like, being on the bench anyway, is, is, is very hard to look on. It's much easier to kind of get involved. And so when you're on the bench, you're playing a little bit of a different role. You're seeing what uh, way the game has gone. And it was very, very intense all day. But, you know, when I got onto the pitch, the crowd that day was uh, something very special. Um, you know, I'll never forget it, how loud they were. I couldn't hear myself think or no one can hear each other speak but uh, to get over the, the, to, to finally beat them in Dublin was unbelievable and uh, it's something I'll never forget Did you get any like specific advice from the coaching staff before you went on about what they wanted you to do or anything? Well, I th- yeah well I think we had, when I went on we had maybe I think it was a 10 point lead or maybe a 9 point lead in a round end so I knew we just we just spoke about territory playing in the right places and I thought we did that for, mo- for most of the part Um which was nice, thankfully. Um, but you know, towards the end, having looked back on it now, you know they had that couple of minutes uh, <laughs> of the ball towards the end of the game, and I was thinking, I wasn't thinking at the time, but you're kind of thinking, geez, they were they they got from their twenty two to our twenty two <laughs> very quick. Yeah. So you're kind of a little <laughs> bit nervous watching, but um, you know our defense that day was unbelievable, and that was a, a credit to Andy Farrell. And Joe actually after the game in RT did say, I'm really proud of Kieran Marmion and Luke McGrath. Like he singled the two of you out. It must make you feel ten feet tall when Joe. Gives you a public shout out <laughs> like that. It's great to feel ten feet tall. <laughs> but uh, uh, day in the life of Dev yeah, shoes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it is. It's, it's yeah. obviously losing Murray with so much experience, and he's obviously world class. So um, it was a great opportunity for Kieran myself. And yeah, like you say, it's a great day to, 
you can say you, you beat all, the All Blacks in Dublin. So um, that was very, very special. And in terms of, you know, Conor Murray, because, I mean, he's been outstanding, one of Ireland's outstanding players for, you know, the last, I'm going to say, five or six years at least. Um, great footballer. I mean, how do you deal with that challenge all the time? Is it just day by day? Is it every single job you're doing? Is it when you're at home eating, like, all the little tiny little edges you're trying to get all the time to try and catch someone? Because, I mean, it's interesting, like, uh, when you're, when you're you know, kind of a young guy, you're more settled now, but I always remember as a young guy, you're, you're you know, whether you're playing extra trick or whoever it is, you're always trying to get better than those guys. You're like, I, that was how I felt. Do you feel that way as well? You're like, you see Murray, he's there, but you're like, I know I can do that better. Do you feel, do you feel like it, obviously you have to, sorry, you don't have to say it exactly as yeah. I said it here because yeah, that'll yeah. be, that'll make headlines, but you obviously have to feel like you can, you can, you know, beat him to the position if you play to the best of your ability for a long period of time. You have, every single rugby player has to feel that, no? Yeah, you have to believe it 100%, yeah. but I also think that we're, we're very different players in a way, mm -hmm. so he does things better than I would and vice versa, I'd like to think, but, um, I just kind of focus on my own game now. It's it's different what coaches want from you. So obviously Joe wants all the scrum halves to do, you know, certain roles, and I have to do them to the best of my ability. But I like to think we bring different things to the game. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't really focus too much on the individual. More from my point of view, after a game, I'd be a big, very critical of myself. What did I do right here? What did I, you know, can improve and. I work extremely hard to try and improve that for the next game, but you know some certain things take a long time, and that's what I'm trying to figure out here now. Um, but no, I I always come back to myself. What can I do better myself, and uh, try and move forward with it. It's interesting you mentioned, I guess, that you look back on mistakes you might have made in the game, or what you could do better. Like, yeah. what's the immediate aftermath for a game like for you? Like, when do you first go back and look at it or think about it? Would you wait until the coaching review session, or would you do your own bit of review that night? Would you go home and just stick it on the television? <laughs> it, and watch it? it almost depends if we won or lost. <laughs> like, I do. Um, when we've had tough days, like there was a, t we obviously had a tough day in Toulouse this year in the, in Europe, and I just wanted to, you know, the next when we got back late that night I went to sleep well tried to <laughs> sleep anyway but I just got up the next morning and wanted to watch the game as soon as possible write down a few notes and then take kind of Sunday as just getting rugby out of my head as much as I could because I knew Monday was coming and we can talk to it then so um, I like to I like to get it done as quick as possible maybe on the Sunday morning if I can and uh, you know and then just kind of forget about it for you know nearly 24 hours how did you wait man I, I honestly but you were saying you would do it that night would you? I'd, do that. I'd, I'd have really? watched the game on a serious note, I'd have watched the game about three or four times before I arrived in for medicals, and I was always in for medicals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would, I don't know, yeah, I just couldn't. I, would I, you be I taking notes or just mental notes? Just, I watched the game over and over again. I nearly knew the minutes of all my involvements, and I was like, yeah, yeah I remember, like, I always felt like fairly, like fairly well prepared talking to Joe about my own game, because um, I knew I was like, yeah, that was, I nearly have it. The one thing in my life I actually prepared well for is like I knew I'd be really comfortable talking to anyone about the game. I'd nearly be annoying people, I thought. Like I'd say I would be annoying. It sounds like I, like meeting me the next day would probably be annoying to you. But like, shut up, we'll talk about it Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas I'd be like, yeah, what do you think of that? We couldn't have done that better. I, I just well, thought it was well, terrible it's there. It's funny you brought that up because when you left the other night, we were me and Luke were doing a thing with Owen in Owen O'Malley's pub. With uh, Owen O'Malley was there, Damian Brown. They were talking about how you got used to raise up a few points with Joe, and they'd be like, "Geez, what do you just shut up? Like, <laughs> will you just leave it alone?" Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without throwing the lads under the bus, I just uh, yeah, God, no, you can bleep out those. That's okay. No, but yeah, like, like I was, I used to be obsessive about it. To like that night, I used to have to watch, and it was always weirdly enough, it was always my own stuff. Like I, I like I was obsessed with my own stuff, like the mm. team stuff. Well, that's standard. I would have thought. Yeah, no, it. maybe it is standard. I always kind of felt like it's kind of interesting, like different you're people. Talk about the front row. No, but Johnny or... Sexton, I, I guarantee, if you're talking to Johnny Sexton or probably Lukey as well, mm. they'd probably have more of a because their roles are probably probably a lot different, 
and how the team takes the kind of momentum the team gets, the rhythm the team gets, very much kind of aligned with how you play or how they play and allow you to do that. So I'd say, do you feel like you'd have to have a bigger picture? I feel like I was really focused on my own stuff because I have like maybe as a winger, maybe 10 to 20 involvements in the game. Whereas you have like 70 or 80 probably, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just the, in terms of vomits, there's uh, so many rooks in the game. You know, it's all different types of passes you have to do. So many patterns. So for 9 and 10, it probably is a little bit different. Um, but when I do look back in a game, I just try and see it. At, you know, massive. the coaches in Leinster at the moment, and in Ireland, are speed of ball. So I'm just trying to judge myself on how could I get that quicker if there's a body in the way, you know, or my feet positioned as, as I want to. Do you them. get into that kind of granular? Because some players don't. You know, yeah. I, I was like that as well. I was like, oh, the angle of my foot or the... Are you are you like that? Yeah, no, I will be like that. Now, it's probably... I, I don't... I Sometimes I overthink it where yeah. I don't think I need to. But um, when I'm looking back at a game, I would kind of see situations where I can. Now, I wouldn't... I'd, it would just stick with me for that day and then, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd have it for the next game. But... Yeah, no, I, I, I would never watch a game straight. I don't, that that evening. No, I know. When, I know. I think <laughs> it happens to all players when they are going to bed, like going to sleep that evening. That after a game, you are replaying, you know, good moments in your head that you know went well in the game. Or but then there also are those moments where you're like, oh, you know, I'm not looking forward I to seeing to that die. on Monday. I honestly, after games, I seriously will. I would <laughs> die of embarrassment. I was like. And then when I went to watch it, it was never as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, seriously. I watched the good moments back right away. Oh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I love Even watching the good so. moments. Yeah, like, uh, but honestly, the bad moments I would watch and watch and watch. Yeah. I watch it until it wasn't painful anymore. Well, yeah. well, without trying to relive one of your bad moments, like you mentioned that Toulouse game earlier yeah. this season, there was that moment when yeah. Leinster could have had a bonus point try, goes down the other end. It was yeah. uh, to lose You probably weren't expecting Toulouse to finish it off with so much gusto, but yeah. it's like, does that moment, you know, when you're then you're flying home from France, is it playing on your mind the whole journey? Are you able to just say, that wasn't a pass, I, was a, I can't take it back, let's just move on? Or how do you kind of go about that? Yeah, it's that. The reason I brought up that game was because obviously yeah. because that happened, which was very difficult to take. It was more so because we hadn't been playing well at all that game, um, and then we're in a position that we, you know, should we kind of close mold that, close out the game, or should we go for the bonus point? And we said, look, we'll go for the bonus point. And I obviously threw that intercept, and as I was running back, I was just hoping I'd catch their nine, but <laughs> they finished it off unbelievably class, well. Yeah, um, to be fair, yeah. they're they're an unbelievable team. Obviously, we played them in the RDS uh, not recently enough, but that that particular game was almost a learning curve for me. I just was so down straight after the uh, straight after the game, um, as the whole squad was. But when you kind of go in on Monday. The coaches kind of talked about our whole game. So obviously our start was we gave them a four, nearly a fourteen. So point the other lead. one came from an intercept as well. Yeah, the drum was off the ground. It was a pop off the ground. Yeah, league, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah. you kind of you go back and look at the game, and you're saying, yes, we can focus on this moment, um, but as a collective, we did so many. You know, we we had far too many mistakes to yeah, to deserve yeah. to win that game. It wasn't our day. I think it was a massive learning curve from all of us. We had a real honest meeting after it, and you know we've we've done pretty well since then. And in saying that, we we still have to get a lot a whole lot better if we we want to win this year. And, and just in terms, because like this is maybe I'm just a selfish bastard, right? <laughs> but I I literally so I've made so many of those mistakes in my career as well, yeah. like big ones, really big ones. You know, Lions matches, second test made a made a mistake defensively. I still argue there could have been one of the guy that made a mistake as well I'm not going to name him but um, you know there was because for the first try there was uh, something happened and I but I honestly felt like it was I, I made it all about me like Rogers kick at the end didn't you know everyone was going on about the Rogers yeah. thing um, 
you know, I, I swear to God, I was like, I've let everyone well. down. I honestly feel like yeah. that. I, I was like, and I, for Leinster, I had a few games. I had a st- I had one of the worst games of rugby I ever played in my whole entire life against Saracens. Now, we didn't really need it because we pumped them, but uh, I had one of the worst games. I remember Leo putting his arm around me at the end. I was nearly in tears on the pitch. Yeah. I was it was so embarrassed. I was actually embarrassed. Like, do, do you get those emotions or was that just me being like, it's all about me. I've let everyone down. Even though we won, the, we won one of those matches, yeah. I still was like, I could barely look at anyone. Yeah, I think everyone looks at themselves though. Would you not think that? Like, I, that's what I yeah, think as well. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just wondering, like, do you, like as a player, because I've we've had low. How many players have we had in the show? I've never Multiple. asked them this question. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just when you're talking about a mistake, I, like I, I it was just kind of I was like I must ask you this question because that's how I felt sometimes. I was like, everyone here thinks I'm rubbish. Like I was like, this is so yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. I've let everyone in all the hard work, all the planning that's gone into this, and I've done this silly bugger thing and let us all down. Like. Do you have those motions as well? Yeah, maybe not as hard. Not as, not as, <laughs> but, you're like we're on a therapy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just interesting because it is good. Like to- players talking yeah. to each other because you never know what other guys are thinking. Sometimes, like yeah. guys are, aren't really they don't tell each other all this all, yeah. all, all the time. Well, I think like like just judging off that that one that one mistake. Um, just the review was brilliant that day. We, it was all about the collective. I know, I know I've already said this, but it was all about the collective that day and wasn't about the individual. Now, we did talk to kind of Felipe because that was a certain play and things like that. And he, you know, he, Felipe's been he's brilliant. He's great, yeah, isn't he? he yeah. is. How, how good has he been yeah, with the setup, great? He's been brilliant. He's just yeah. so positive and, um, you know, he's bringing a kind of a new attacking dimension to our play at the moment. And yeah, like I, I said it to him and, you know, he just, he just said, you know, it happens in games and just move on with it. And that's what I have. But, uh, yeah, no. Since then, <laughs> there hasn't been too many. There hasn't been too many others. But there's, there's going like if you look at it, there's going to be st- yeah. you're going to make mistakes in every single game you play. So it's just how you kind of come back and react from that. And I knew you think playing in a position where you touch the ball more helps because yeah. you got it. You're straight in. You got to pass again. Like honestly, on the wing, sometimes you're like. You might get another opportunity. Yeah, for that minutes, might be so. it. Like it might be ten minutes later, and that's it. Like it's you know. Well, that's it. Like you're you're yeah. your sticks. Different different jobs. Be, tough yeah, job. Yeah. So it's under the sticks yeah. after it, but then you have to go out and you have to score again. So yeah. you know you have so many bombs, like you say, you just keep going. And just on your own development, like, I've touched on it a bit earlier. Like you know, you've been on the go for a long time. Like you made your debut. I think you were nineteen in twenty twelve. So yeah. Joe Schmidt was still you know the head coach there. Like what what like when you think back to that week, say when you were a teenager. Named in your first squad, like was anything jumping out at you to, when you think back on the memory? Um, I just remember how nervous I was. Um, I, th- I came on for maybe ten minutes. It was over in Dragons, and Kev McLaughlin was captain. I remember that day. Um, but yeah, it was just. It, I think I was that certain week. I think I was told late that I was going onto the bench because either Reds or Reds or Bossy got injured that week, maybe. And I think the week after was a Heineken, maybe a Heineken <laughs> game as well. Did I play so, in that one? I'm, I don't think you did play in that one. Um, thank you, God you it's, tough, it's a tough picture it's a tough, tough picture, picture. that's what you said you send yeah. over a young, the, the young ferret over yeah there. exactly <laughs> but uh, no just from kind of you know you're su- I supported Leinster when, since I was about you know eight or nine started playing the game and then to finally get a, a cap for them at such a young age you know I was in school just obviously the year before which was which was an unbelievable experience and uh, yeah no it was great thankfully it was a winning one as well. <laughs> yeah. and I just wanted to, like, just like to hear the opinion of, like how would you compare and contrast like everything about Leinster between your debut now and what it's like when you walk in the door say on Monday like the, the atmosphere just the makeup of the squad the dynamic how they interact like how would you kind of compare and contrast um, the two well I'm probably one of the older <laughs> one of the older <laughs> figures in the in the squad at the moment with so many young lads um, 
But yeah, no, it is very different. You know, we, we were obviously in David Lloyd at the time and, and they were over in UCD and an unbelievable Did you facility. make it to David Lloyd, yeah, did you? I, Jesus, I was in that, was in that academy. You are old enough. Right? <laughs> you know, the academy changing room, the box room down the yeah, back. Yeah, we started there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, learn them. You got to learn them young in there. Set them exactly. into the box room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so. why he's so polished now. He's so humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what this you didn't shitty change? Oh, it was like tiny. You didn't even know. You there. didn't even know where that was, man. Not at all. You're mad. Uh, Show uh, pony like me. Exactly. Caught in there. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's that's bad. I didn't realize you were in that group. Yeah. But it is great because you you were always a, a kind of an older head on young shoulders, you know, and probably had to be, and reflected in I suppose such an early cap for for uh, for Leinster, but. I mean, how did you find the dynamic when you stepped in? Because, I mean, just to tie on, on Will's point, as a young guy, you know, and you were kind of sent in as kind of a leader as a young guy as well. I mean, how did you find that role? How did you find the dynamic in the squad when you came in in 2012? Guys like Brian O'Driscoll, like Jamie Heaslip, you know, Leo Cullen yeah. was still playing. Like, how, how did you find that? Was it great? Like, these are all your probably heroes because you yeah, were in school. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, just seen them lift the Highland Cup the year before um, in 2011. And obviously the first year I was there was 2012 and he's won it again. So, um, no, it was unbelievable. I remember my, the game, I do remember the coming on off the bench, obviously, but the game I remember most was probably my first start, which was against the Ospreys at home. And the Lions tour had just been announced and I was playing with, obviously, Shawnee and Johnny for the first time and those kind of guys. So that was the one one massive moment that sits with me. Um, I think the other, I think Bossy and Reds are about injured at that stage. So I'd gotten the opportunity to start. I think um, Andy Conway was there in Leinster at the time, got a hat-trick that day. So that's one moment my first start in the RDS against the Ospreys and obviously it was a great win which is one moment that sticks with me massively and I just constantly since then I just have absolutely loved playing in the RDS every single time and, and it's it's a better atmosphere than it ever has been at the moment and how did you like I mean the some of the guys coming in like how did you find that group of players and were they welcoming you in, into the squad like did you find it good fun being involved with, like did they include you in things like what was the experience like when you came into the dressing room because as always a young guy it's it's kind of you're apprehensive going in there yeah. you're kind of trying to figure out where you sit where you lie who's nice who's going to be kind of giving you a bit of time or whatever having a bit of a laugh yeah. how did you find that kind of betting I, in I process? found it fairly easy just because um, so obviously coming in a scrum half and then Reds are and Bossy are so, they're so approachable those mm. two guys so um, I would have had a lot of talks with them I also when I came in um, Killian Willis was there for a oh, great, well. guy, was a great yeah. guy as well so yeah. you know I learned a lot, a lot of him also so no, I found that when I, you probably know more, but when I came in, the culture in Leinster was very strong and yeah. there was all about developing younger guys and, you know, bringing them for coffees, talking them through this, this is why we're doing this and different game plans. And you kind of just, you probably just learn on the go. Um, and uh, my phone was off for the uh, coffees for the, for the <laughs> advice you never you were never too saw tight, it. too tight man. too tight too tight no no uh, uh, you're approachable as well <laughs> ah thanks Lukey yeah. remind me that you're listening to the left wing in association with Aldi and uh, Luke I'd be interested to get your opinion what was your first experience like you know playing alongside Johnny Saxon because I'm, I'm sure you know as a young player you were, it was quite a demanding experience because I know even Conor Murray's talked about how there was some growing pains when they started what was it like for you yeah, so when my first start was when I was, I think I was just 20 at the time, so I was unbelievably young, looked looked up to him, obviously playing for Ireland for years prior, so, but he was so, he was so helpful, probably because I was so inexperienced, he knew I kind of needed uh, the kind of armour <laughs> around the, the shoulder, shoulder, especially yeah. that week, um, 
but I, I, I've since then I've kind of grown a good I like think a good understanding the way Johnny plays like one thing for me that it's so nice to play with Johnny because he, he just plays so flat at the game line so you're constantly you know just to keep throwing the ball out in front of him it's something small but mm. as you've kind of gone on I've kind of got that relationship but he just demands so much from the team from you and I feel like I've he's he's developed me as a player just constantly demanding well, from the, me the first Johnny Sexton bollocking must have been a rude awakening it was no <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> It sounds yeah, yeah. Like a lonely, yeah. Oh, it's, it's so yeah, sweet. Yeah, sweet I've learned mind. to. Uh, I've just learned to deal with. I suppose when there's a uh, enough shouting coming at you, you just gotta accept it and move on. But freak out at them. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> there's two ways of dealing. You're like stoic. I would be freaking out yeah. if he was going at me. Yeah, we'd have lots of tiffs. Like, but you probably you're kind of a calm guy, anyway, yeah, Jenner, yeah. aren't you? We're so knowledgeable. So mo- most of the time when he's screaming at you, they give him that. If you don't <laughs> give him that on the airwaves, don't give him that. But. But no, he is. Um, ah, like he's he's world class, and he demands so much of the team, but he also demands so much of himself. So you can take it when he when he says it to you. You raise an interesting point about, I guess, you know, working with Johnny. Like you've worked with obviously a lot of different out halves. Like how do you approach the game differently depending on the out half you're working with, or or do you approach it differently? Because you know, obviously they like the ball different ways, or they like to do different things. Like so, do you have to recalibrate your game almost entirely when you're with a new out half? Um, I wouldn't say entirely, but like the, obviously you have the you know the game plan that the coaches would give you. But I I would probably something I've learned over the last last little while is just getting that relationship with your number ten. So sitting down with um, you know Johnny Ross Byrne, Kieran Frawley, um, you know played with Joey last year. Um, just sitting down with them and knowing what kind of traits they like and it, it takes a little bit of time but talking through the game plan with the number 10 because at this stage when when you go into a game and everything is on top you know the crowd especially when you're away from home you need to know that you've talked through the game plan of what you're going to do in certain scenarios and I always think that's important to do with a number 10 but having said that at the moment I've, I've played with all these guys a number of times so I, <laughs> I'd like to think we know each other well enough for this stage. And another thing I'd be interested to know is, you know, obviously Scrum Half, as we mentioned earlier, has become such an integral part of the game. Is there any part of playing Scrum Half that you think is underappreciated by the average trainer that they wouldn't really understand how difficult a certain part of the role is just from watching it on TV? Um, that's similar to what Luke said earlier on, just the amount of involvements, you know, and you try to make those involvements as positive as possible. Um, so there's always times where, you know, there's... Usually when forwards are coming around the corner, for example, you know, there's two options and it's all about, you know, you might take a step out, but sometimes that step out is the wrong decision because they have a full line and you, you give one of the forwards a, a semi-hospital pass, which is never nice. So, um, you know, those, those kind of certain things where, you know, you're playing your mind's all right about picking the right option and, you know, the more experience you get, the more time you you, you almost have on the ball as well. So yeah, I think the guys know you better as well. Like, yeah. that's a big part. So... People will start showing for things that they know you like as well. Like so, even if you have maybe four or five different variations, and you might say, maybe for a certain team, you might say, no, we're doing this this week. You know what I mean? Like I'd see Lens are doing a lot where I think against higher line speeds, the guys would come back hard. But against teams where maybe there aren't like that, you know, and there's different variations, I think guys start tailoring their game to you as well. Yeah, because they know what you like. They know what picture to go. I've I've seen. Luke, give me this pass before. Like I, I always felt that anyway as a player that once you got, once you settled in, like having as a playmaker, having time in the role, it's not just good for you, but it's good for everyone else as well. And things actually become far easier because people go, I know I can get that pass. I know he can throw me that one. I know he likes that one. Yeah. I know this is the timing. I know there's a chance he's going to take a step out, have a little try and fish someone out of the line. 
and that's what I see. The more I, as I've seen you grow into the role, I've seen the team grow around you in the role as well. Like yeah. that's an interesting part that I think maybe. Yeah, it's probably maybe. Do, do you think that as well at all? Yeah, I pro- it's probably something I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, it does. It does make sense. Like, um, you know, we're constantly the way we're playing, you know, which is positive for most of the time, is exactly the way we train. So, you know, you're training for hours and hours upon the week with these guys. And, yeah, no, you're definitely right when you know the guys who are, that like to run the line early, for example, mm. and some lads prefer it a little bit more. You know, you have to hit the hit the ball right, right square here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but like, say yeah. the likes of, do you know who actually I'd, I'd love to ask your opinion on is, uh, is James Ryan. I see he does... He he does the thing where he starts his run earlier than yeah. everyone else, so he's taking the ball on the gain line. Um, but as a scrum half, I'm thinking like Conor Murray and yourself seem to, have, uh, and then Jameson gives him park and answer as well. You kind of got the time and all. Is that something that you guys have yeah, discussed? Well, he, or? he just loves to stand flat and kind of run the line early, but he's he's so he's so hard to stop. But what he's so good at is just running at gaps. So you know, most of the time when you know when you're giving the ball, he's running at a good gap and he's going to get you that momentum mm. that go forward. So that that was probably the example I was going to give you of James Ryan. Is you know the more more time you play with him, you know the kind of like the game. Uh, sorry, the the lines he likes to take, and maybe he realizes maybe oh the scrum half, yeah. the scrum. Because he, he likes starts in the room. Steps. It's kind of odd. Like, yeah. It works really well for me. But you know what I mean? Like, is it a conversation guys... that's had or is it just a, you just yeah, get so it from playing together? You just get it from playing so together. So you not say, yeah. I actually like the ball like this. No, 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 no. It would never be a conversation. But you just kind of understand the way guys tick, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard. If you imagine the defence, you have to stay in the defensive line before the nine picks up the ball. Oh, so I get that, yeah. It's yeah, great. yeah. Like as in... It, Sorry, it's, finish off your point on the interruption. No, no, I'm just saying it's such a basic scale, but like he does it unbelievably well. Doesn't he? I don't know if you do you, do you notice that when you watch him play, mm. where you're kind of like, like he, it's like he keeps running, and, and it makes perfect I don't sense. I've ever seen it. someone eke out the yards around a rook better than him. Yeah. and <laughs> yeah. even the little bit, you know, the inside passes as well. Is that something you guys the have woman, you talked about woman, that one? I mean, yeah. I know that looks like a setup move. Like it is probably a set play, isn't it? It's uh, uh, the one where Levy scored against Sarah, that kind of yeah, one. Last that year. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not. It w- that actually wasn't a set move. Um, really I don't not? even know if Levy or Cheese knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it was yeah. called Cheese, is it? The yeah, big cheese, yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure if they knew what they were doing at that stage, yeah. but um, it's a great little play. Um, we've done it a couple of times in phase, but uh, never kind of set. Um, I always think, because I always think the four would have to call that one, so it'd have to be a really smart we, footballer we, to do it. Yeah, we. Uh, it's happened a few times in training, but it's never really forwards doing this. It's normally, you know, two backs, you know, a nine and a winger or... A nine and a forward, maybe, but it's never really been two forwards. I think that's why that's probably why it worked. Uh, yeah, well, I've obviously been giving you credit for this for ages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll have to stop doing that. Yeah, um, yeah well, look, as well, like you, you mentioned, we were, we've touched on a few of those guys, like Dan Levy, would have been Carl Marsh, Ross Byrne. There's obviously a load of you guys, you know, would have kind of played in school together, maybe, yeah. or maybe just missed each other, but are in from the same school. Um, and there's a nice little bunch of you there. Um, like, what's that like, you know, playing with your friends? Like, I was lucky I played with a few guys, um, but like, you guys are pretty close and, and we're in school as well, by all accounts. So, What's that been like? Is that nice to have a little kind of group within the group? Yeah, it is. It's been brilliant. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I would have been, it would have been Noel and Marshy and Leinster and then, then myself when I left school. I was just a couple of years younger than them. 
um, a lot years, a lot of years younger than them. But uh, no, just to see the development of how Michaels has thrown in a lot of players recently. You know, we have like Ross Byrne, Ross Maloney, mm. Keane Keller, Nick McCarthy, all in the same. I thought year. we were never going to win. Josh all these Michaels lads playing. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not lying. I was like, where are all the rock guys? But we still have yeah. a few there. So, but no, we should, we should be we should be okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. But going back to your point, just playing with those guys. Um, it, it's just the culture in Leinster is uh, it's it's brilliant at the moment it's just everyone is uh, you know getting on well and uh, I think that's kind of portray- portrayed out in the pitch and everyone loves kind of trying a bit. everyone's fighting as hard as they can to be fit because they know how important training is and it's just a great kind of um, culture to be involved in an environment and uh, yeah that maybe have come from you know clubs and schools just being so tight knit together and uh no, it's great, and obviously I miss Marshy off in New York. At the oh, moment. It's, yeah, Marshy, it's Good tough. Miss Marshy, what a legend! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, I would have been very close to him in school. So to see him go off in New York, I might have to finish my career. Yeah, you'll yeah, like, have to get him to set you up with a gig in yeah, New York. No, I know, I'll get on yeah. to him in a few years, maybe. Uh, I have a bit of a random question for you. Just as a scrum half, and you talked earlier about how you like to watch other scrum halves in different leagues, and. Obviously, in France, the scrum half has a lot of ownership on how teams like to play, like even more so maybe than in this part of the world. Like a lot of them take the goal kicks as well. A lot of them will be the captain and, and will kind of dictate the way the team attacks. Do you ever look at that and think, you know, look at the differences between, or am I just talking complete nonsense or, or is that something that the act- that actually is the case? Um, no, it, it does seem so in France that, like, you know, all of them nearly goal kick, uh, Machinot kicks, Para. Um, but there was one scrum half in France at the moment that's been brilliant is Dupont. Obviously, he came on at the weekend against England. He, he's an unbelievable runner, but he does seem to kind of dictate the way they play. I think it's just it's just different. Um, you know, the the Irish way is a little is a very different to the French way. Um but uh, no, I don't think it's. I think it's just very different over in France. Mm. But I used to goal kick back <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> you know, sure, uh, yeah, maybe you could still time. Yeah, exactly. Time. So I might need to pick it back up. But I don't really know why I stopped this. Um, <laughs> but it was probably more to concentrate on the kind of box kicking and passing skills that I needed to. And h- how have you found that kind of like je- like you know I suppose developing your game and. Um, I think you know it was funny. The, the the longer I got on through my career, now my own career, it was very injury ravaged. Um, but like, how have you found developing your game? Do you feel like you're in a good place now? Is there a bit that you'd still say, yeah, that's that's an area I still need a bit of work on? Um, just when you look at yourself, because I think most good pros, and I know you're you, I, I'm one hundred percent convinced you'd be one of these guys as well. Who's kind of saying, what can I get better at? What's what's the next thing? for Yeah, you? I can constantly get better, especially the skills. Like I just think the the basics are scrum after your kick and pass, and I think mm-hmm. you can you can't you can't practice them enough. So mm-hmm. that's what I've I've I'd constantly you know look at weeks where you know this you know we might be playing a team where okay it's important to give our wingers a contest a more contestable mm-hmm. kick so it's the concentration for that would be okay we need to keep the ball in field not get them line out so they have to be contestable and then the next week it'd be a different type of kick it'd be maybe we need to keep it long and in field so you'd go for them but there's so many different elements to that you know it's building your wall for a box kick for example you know getting all these things right um, we do kicking now on the days off which we never used to do um, and Emmett Farrell would be there with a, with a pad over his head so you know yeah, he'd have to yeah, use yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. but I like, it's, yeah. it's um, so given those little type of challenges is always great but no I, I'm constantly constantly working on uh, scales because you can't practice them enough like I said yeah I suppose it's so important for, yeah. for your role uh, particularly but uh, like something that I've noticed really in the last couple of years that I think has come on immeasurably and hasn't been given enough credit is, is the kicking man I just think he just have come on massively there is what would you attribute that to have you working closely with Emmett Farrell or 
you know, Richie or, or sorry, Richie Murphy um, yeah. for our listeners. Like, who, who have you been working with on that? It looks to me like it's something you've really spent a bit of time on. Yeah, both of them. Obviously, Richie yeah. when I'm in camp, but mm. um, I'm with Emmett Farrell more, more or less after train, after before and after most sessions. Um, I guess just practice, getting yeah. comfortable with your own technique. Um, you know, I wasn't naturally, so I played uh, 10 when I was in school a bit, so I was kind of late to kind of scrum half, kind of boxing, so I almost had to learn it all again as yeah. as I went on and away throughout school, but, so I'd say my technique when I came out of school was a bit all over the shop, but I just kind of broke it down into kind of little things and I feel comfortable at the moment, but for a boxing, there's so many variables, like especially when you're in a wet, like the wind can play a massive oh, factor, say, yeah. especially when you have, um, you're into the wind and there's a big second row about to charge you down, it's, it's very difficult so you got to take all those things into account but um, no like like I say it's just it's boring all practice but it does get you the results and just before we let you go Luke really appreciate you coming in tonight I, I was doing a bit of research earlier and I noticed you have a 100% winning record at an international level yet to lose an international game I, did, I, did, <laughs> I didn't even know that we'll that's we'll find the stats somewhere James Ryan's record is out the window now I'll you back as soon as possible uh, that's a nice thing to finish on isn't it as as I didn't realise that Absolutely. but that's, uh, that's nice to hear but Luke, thanks very much for coming in best of luck with your injury really appreciate it pleasure lads thanks Emil that's all we have time for on the left wing this week in association with Aldi thank you so much for listening and we will be back next week with another great podcast and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on iTunes SoundCloud or listen on Independent So until next week, thanks for listening and goodbye. The Left Wing Podcast is in association with Aldi, official supermarket of the IRFU. For the chance to win €50,000 for your primary school, visit www.aldi.ie forward slash play rugby.